0: Welcome to the Willow Valley Podcasting Channel, where exciting podcasts are created by Willow Valley residents, for Willow Valley residents, and about Willow Valley residents. Hello, everybody. Uh, My name is Ray Lowe, and I'm going to be your host for today's episode of life under the willow tree and uh, we have an incredible guest today and I'm going to cut my intro short simply because we want to get more stories out of her uh, many of you may know Marianne Steinauer uh, because for a while she was acting as the concierge in our North building and I found out uh, Marianne actually has degrees in library science uh, she's been all over the world and we're going to get into that in minute and she is writing a book now and therefore she is uh, trying to find time to write it and uh, during that process we got to have her as our concierge and uh, thank you for being you Marianne Mm -hmm. and I discovered one day I have no idea what we were talking about or how we got into this but that Marianne is a hot air balloon pilot and she has been all over the world flying and that's what we want to focus on today, because the stories are incredible. We had her on an earlier podcast, and during that time, she told us about her adventures in Costa Rica and her adventures in Austria. And uh, today, Marianne, say hi to everybody.
1: Well, hi. I'm very happy to be here, Ray. Uh,
0: that's because you like to tell stories about balloons, I don't do. you?
1: I just love to tell stories. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, go back, you know, before we before we get into the stories— uh, So that we can get a picture in our mind. Describe the balloon that you had when all this was happening. What did it look like?
1: Well, the balloon where we flew here in Lancaster County actually had Pegasus, the, the, the winged horse, who is really the symbol of inspiration and creativity. And that was my side of the balloon. And then the other side of the balloon was a map an outline map of Lancaster County with a red rose in the center. And that's what my husband chose for his side of the balloon because he was from Lancaster County and he just loved to fly here.
0: Now, when you go overseas to fly, you don't take your balloon with you. You borrow balloons, rent them? What do you do? Well,
1: usually we there. there is um, a camaraderie between balloonists all over the world. And when you travel to other countries, you know, by invitation and however it happens, um, you know, you, you're usually supplied with a balloon. And we reciprocate here in the states when we'd have people traveling from other countries come here we'd let them use our balloons since we had several balloons so balloons are nice people well, I'd like to think so. <laughs> okay. All
0: right. So let's get into this. Uh, if you want more on Marianne's background, you can listen to our last podcast where we talked a lot more about her. Mm-hmm. But what I really like to get into is some of the, uh, we'll call them adventures in ballooning. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're going to take us to Spain first, mm-hmm. right? Yes. All right. So how did you get to Spain? Why were th- why in the heck were you there? And why in a balloon?
1: Well, you know, it's very interesting. We were invited there by the Spanish government, and they had invited, actually, there were 100 balloonists from all around the world that were invited to participate in the 500th anniversary of Christopher Columbus's renowned voyage. And that was, you know, the start. And we thought, this will be really good, okay. Um, and the trajectory for the trip was to go start from Seville, go on, then fly there, and then drive to Madrid, fly there for a couple of days, and then drive to Barcelona. So we took this diagonal trajectory across Spain. Um, now, I have to tell you, there was a lot of things going on in Spain at the time in 92. We actually arrived in December of 91 in preparation for all this. And um, so there was the... Expo ninety two, the World's Fair that was going on in Seville, uh, Barcelona was hosting the Summer Olympics that year, so I can tell you there was a lot of really unbelievable terrain that you had to fly over. There were construction sites, you know, we, we flew over trees and you know plowed fields, but there was a and and a lot of macadam, you know. That kind of thing. And that does change the you know, how how your balloon responds to the to the wind. But here's the thing, you asked about, you know, how is it that we get a balloon? Well, this was one time where we wanted to actually ship our balloon to Spain. Now, a lot of times experienced travelers have problems with, you know, delayed flights, (laughs) lost luggage and frustration. Well, we arrive in Spain, in Seville, ready to just fire it up and fly, and we have no balloon. Where is our balloon? And we went all over these, these um well, I guess they're commercial um, uh, business parks, you know, looking at different places where the balloon would have been delivered, nowhere to be found. Well, the balloon was later we found out. It was sitting in in the port of New York it was still in New York it was not with us so now what do you do we went there to fly but something really serendipitous happened because we met Roy Sachs who was a Belgian pilot and Roy and his wife Sophie welcomed us and said why don't you just fly with us You know, we'll compete, we'll work together, this will be great. I thought, oh, this is, this is good. And then there was a Canadian couple, the Davidsons, and they said, you can also fly with us. So before we knew it, we had two balloons and two sets of pilots that could fly together. This was wonderful. Well, we started out in Seville, and, uh, you know, at this point, I'm just figuring the balloon, the balloon back in New York is a, is a lost cause. And, um, but, you know, there was there was a lot of things that went on.
0: Yeah, take a minute and backtrack a yeah. little bit. So, so here you are. You're one of a hundred that they're mm-hmm. invited. So, so what was your reputation at this time? Where did that come from? Why were you one of the chosen one hundred?
1: Well, mainly because we we've had a pretty high profile here in the states. I mean, it's. It's a it's kind of a small club back then in the 90s. I think there there are more there there were more pilots and not so many female pilots. I just have to tell you that. And at the time I did not have my pilot's license, but I had many hours in the balloon. I later got my pilot's license. So this was something that my husband Ed was going to do. He was going to fly and it was, you know, really So that we were one of the the many. And we'd also been to Albuquerque. We had been other places. And so we did have a reputation.
0: Okay. Now, you mentioned that you had terrain issues with Mm -hmm. uh, equipment and macadam Mm -hmm. and all of that stuff. Take a minute and talk about some of the problems and the issues that a balloon pilot has. Because this is more than just going up in the air in a beautifully colored balloon and
1: flying right oh it's it's such a romantic thing but the reality is that if you're flying over different terrains you get different kinds of of updrafts and winds and things that happen when you fly over macadam or it's very different than flying over cornfield you see. So you have to be prepared for that. And also, there are mountainous areas, and the winds are different as you're flying over the mountains, and there's a downdraft that occurs.
0: Now, do you study this before you go, or is this kind of something you just have to adjust to because...
1: Well, you, a, a lot of it is, is you know, the experience, and of course, there are war stories after, you know, flights, and balloonists always compare, you know, what, what the, the pros and cons were, for their flights. So you know.
0: this is not this is not just looking at pretty scenery. This is an adventure and it's a high level of skill.
1: Well, yes, and also in order to be licensed, you have a there's a written test, you have to uh, pass an oral test, you need to actually get in the balloon and take like a driver's test, and that's another whole story about how that happened.
0: <laughs> okay, so did the New York balloon ever show up no, in Spain?
1: Only not in Spain.
0: But you got it back when you got back, right?
1: Well, after, well, we, we were told it was going to cost us $1,300 for shipping until everything was said and done. It was a, it's what I call a lesson in extortion. Okay. (laughs) We ended up paying (coughs) $3,900 to retrieve our balloon that was in, you know, the Port of Authority in New York. Um, Okay. So that was not, not such a good part.
0: But, but spain was fun.
1: oh my gosh it was beautiful and people were just so fabulous they were so welcoming and so wonderful so we were in seville we started out in seville and when we were flying with roy uh and roy Sachs, by the way he's belgian and his uncle developed the saxophone i mean this we were finding all kinds of things out about these people i mean it's it's really it's fascinating but there was a point where at south of Seville, there is a swamp area. And, of course, pilots were trying to stay away from that because they don't get a lot of rain. They get a lot of sun. But this was a particular region that this was happening. So we decided, it was Roy and I in the basket, and he said, I think we, we want to land here. In this, this grove, it was a grove of pine nut trees. You know, the little pinola nuts. Oh, and I thought, this is really great. You know, I wonder if we could get some pine nuts. No, we couldn't get pine nuts. We landed the balloon and I looked at the ground and I saw these white rocks. And I thought, what, what's here? Well, if I look closer, they weren't rocks. They were skulls of cattle and bones. And then I said, we're in the valley of death. And at this point, the, the crew got the balloon put away, and all of a sudden i 'm looking around, and i don 't see them Now, I have a red jacket on, and I start you know flagging around and i 'm just waving my arms and saying, "Where is everybody? Where is everybody?" And at that point, here comes this bull coming toward me as I have my red jacket on, and i 'm flailing my arms. And, of course, my, the crew is all in the chase vehicle, and they're laughing hysterically because they're watching this. Well, the, the only thing that saved me was a female cow because that, the bull got, got distracted and thought that the female cow was a lot more interesting than this crazy woman in a red jacket.
0: Well, now now there is... <laughs> You know, a talent or whatever it is, <laughs> amazing, amazing. Okay, were there any other unique adventures within the Spain before we move on?
1: Yes. Well, yes. We got on to Madrid. I didn't care for that flying so much because Madrid is a city, so you had to find areas outside of that. Barcelona was beautiful, and I will tell you, there was a wonderful. Um, oh, a morning f- we flew, flew twice a day in the morning and the afternoon. Uh, there was a wonderful flight in Barcelona and this gentleman came out and he had a camera and he's filming us as we're landing and he had a bathrobe on and, you know, so he came up to the bath, to the basket and he introduced himself as Jose. And I thought, this is, he's so nice and he's taking pictures. That's really great. Okay. Later that day, we have an afternoon flight and that, that was a time when I was actually flying and we went to this, this little, uh, Villa, and I, I wrote it down what it's called, um, oh, it's, uh, Roja, meaning red. It's the red city. And there were, there was a castle there. So I was able to land the balloon right near the castle. And all of a sudden, all these people just came and were just so excited. And of course, you know, I, I talked to them, uh, those that could speak English. And lo and behold, I see Jose. And I thought, wait a minute. I saw you this morning. I didn't recognize you without your camera and your bathrobe. And people are just looking. And I thought, nah, we don't even want to go there. They were just so extremely friendly all the time, everywhere that we went. So that was was good fun. Cool. Yeah.
0: Let's let's fly across the world to Japan. Yes. Now, are you t- bringing your balloon again or have you learned your lesson? N-
1: no, we didn't bring our balloon, but we found this wonderful man, Iguchi. He owned a chain of, of uh, daycare centers and nursery schools. And he just bought this balloon, and he was learning how to fly. So he was all excited, and he was, you know, he, we were in Saga, Japan, which is a southwest J- J- Japan and the Kyushu Island. And, you know, so there we were. I mean, it was just... It was unbelievable. We borrowed Gucci's balloon, and we, we told him we would reciprocate if he came to the United States. What was really great, I mean, well, you had to be really careful because here they, we were located in a place that was near the bay. It was near the water, and behind us were the mountains. So there was flat area there. Now, one thing about the winds there, you could get becalmed be calmed, meaning stuck over an area, and unless it's nice place to land, you don't want to be, you know, be calmed over the water, and you don't want to be be calmed over a mountain. So you know you have to be really, really careful, and just take your 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 shot to to land and do whatever you have to. But I have to tell you, there was something that happened beyond the ballooning while we were in Japan, and you got to understand that that was Thanksgiving that year. And we left Turkey for sushi, you know, when we <laughs> arrived in Japan. And it was, it was a very different way of eating. We had our 12 year old daughter, uh, with us. And I want to visit an elementary school. So we did. We found an elementary school. And it was really great. I mean, it was a day that we weren't flying. And I just thought, well, let's just see what these people are like. And the teachers were so wonderful welcoming and fascinated with the fact that i was a teacher in an american school and of course they started to ask about are are you really you do really push creativity in your curriculum you know they wanted to know i said oh yes you know definitely i mean that was that was the mainstay of who we were yeah um and there was a lot more uniformity but these students were so They were so successful, scholastically. Now, I have to tell you one wonderful thing that happened, even though my daughter was now rolling her eyes, because why are we here in a school? But this one teacher, who had had, he was a fifth-grade teacher, he had all these questions, and he decided to round up the second-graders. And there were 144 of them, and they gathered in this large room. Well, actually, it was a small room when they all got in there. And they started to sing, "It's a small world," to us, in Japanese and in English, and then I cried.
0: So you know <laughs> when I'm when I'm gathering, you know, th- this is a really interesting uh, discussion we're having. Uh, the last discussion we had, I was enamored with the fact that y- you get to go up in the balloon and you get to. Go where the wind goes, and mm-hmm. and you get to look down on on everything below. and And what I'm gathering from this time we're talking mm-hmm. is that there's a lot more to ballooning than this, and a lot of it deals with people and relationships more than anything else.
1: Oh, without a doubt, and, and especially if you're borrowing a balloon, you know, and, and someone is hosting you really, when they do that, and you want to reciprocate to them. There is a camaraderie that is developed across the ocean and in different countries. Okay, we're getting
0: near the end of our time. Any Mm -hmm. other quick stories or anything else that you want to sneak in here?
1: And I just have to say one thing. When we were in Japan, we were actually competing. At that time, I had my license, and I was with two other women, and it was the Women's International Balloon Championship. So I was actually flying there like that. I was competing. And my husband brought a collapsible bike and he and and all the others were chasing us on bicycles because the streets were really narrow. I almost forgot about that, that was really a great part of the trip.
0: Well, you know, thank you thank you, Marianne Steinhauer, for being with <laughs> us today. And it's always a pleasure to to, to think about this whole uh, it's not really a sport. It's an avocation, you know, of hot air ballooning and mm-hmm. all that's to it, and and uh, soaring over the clouds, learning how to control this, and mm-hmm. and then meeting people all over the world and it's an exciting thing yes well we're going to quit with this visual picture yes okay you're looking down on your husband on a bicycle yes <laughs> and and you were definitely in a superior position at yes i definitely
1: was <laughs> okay
0: uh thanks marianne for being with us and uh, dale our engineer today dale would you sign us off please thanks for listening and be sure to listen again next week and every week Well, we'll have another exciting guest.